My friend, your role as a father is critical. You as a father are so important. Three nuggets that hit me from my conversation with BJ today are one, be a father with an open heart. Two, how to get clear on your standards as a father. And not standards necessarily for your kiddos, they're good too, but for you. And three, are you projecting your disappointments or your frustrations of yourself onto your kiddos? And I gotta do it a bonus one here because there were so many nuggets. Give your kids positive affirmations. Don't be as hard on them as you you need to be on yourself. Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 11 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 20th year of marriage. I'm in the thick of it, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. This episode is brought to you by The Adventure of Fatherhood, helping men discover their powerful fatherhood role and build their fatherhood skills. The role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, find joy and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my friend, BJ Barrett, and I learned so much during our conversation. Enjoy meeting my friend, BJ. All right, you guys, BJ and I are already psyched right now. I start laughing almost when I'm about to hit record because I just love talking about fatherhood so much and I love getting to know rad dads. BJ, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good, bro. Thank you so much for inviting me. Just being able to have the energy exchange, mission Mm. in mind with fatherhood, something near and dear to my heart, so let's run it. Love it, dude. All right, how old do you find yourself today? I find myself at 42, almost 43, but it's just a number, bro. So what does that mean? It's just a number? It means we're just getting started. So I thought it was over like a year ago, right? As many dads do, midlife crisis, superhuman father's way, we call it a midlife awakening. Yeah, man. We get fall to the trials and tribulations of life and the external things that get put on us sometimes. And we just keep thinking that's our identity. But no, man, 42 is whatever you want to call it. I love it. Midlife awakening. And excuse me to superhuman fathers, man. They did incredible things for me. I love those guys. Kyle, Chris, Ryan, just freaking beautiful men. How many years you've been married? Seven years. I'll be eight this July 23rd. And I've been with my wife since January 6th, 2012 was our first date. Never looked back since. Beautiful, man. And then how many kiddos? I got four kids. I got a 20-year-old son named Aiden. I've had custody of him since he's been born pretty much. And then me and my wife share Jackson's 10, Nate is five, and then Sailor is three. Blessed, man. Blessed. Uh, Love it. Now, just to maybe dip into this for a second, since you mentioned it, you said you've had custody of Aiden since pretty much he was born. And then clearly we can do the timeline. Then you met your wife and you've been eight years together. So is there some season of just you and Aiden together? Yeah, it's weird. It's two different things going on and then a merge, right? So there's a lot of perspectives that go on with that. I was 22 years old when I had him. So I was a boy, baby boy, really. And that time in my life was completely different. Turbulent, a lot of trying to soul search at the same time, this brand new baby boy, right? So fatherhood introduction to me was pretty much like very turbulent, trying to figure it out. And luckily I had my mom to help step in and facilitate some roles there and stuff like that. So a lot of co-parenting going on with him, but then fast forward to me and my wife meeting and now we've got a beautiful family of six. So it's just wonderful, man, wonderful. 
Yeah, the reason I brought it up is a kind of a point to bring up was you say turbulent in 22, and I'm sure there's plenty of stories that you would relate to either maybe a positive or a negative. Maybe you wouldn't use those terms anymore, all learning. But the point is that you stuck it out at 22. You said, I'm a boy, but it sounds like you made some man type decisions and that there's times where it's just you and your son. And I just want to bring that up as like a, dude, thank you. How many dads dip out on that? What was it that allowed you the insight to say, fatherhood matters enough. I feel like I'm still growing up, but fatherhood matters enough that I'm going to roll with this kid and, and be a part of his life. It actually started when I was about five or six for me. So that's when the genesis of me wanting to be a dad was. And that's because that was the departure of my biological father as I knew it in my mind. So from that moment forward, I had that void that I had to carry and live with and stuff. And so 22, 18, 26, 28, what have you, I was already ready to be a dad. Like mm. it was just instilled in me. I had it in my mind already Why? that I was going to be the best dad. I think subconsciously there might have been a void there, a lot of hurt and pain yeah. with some yeah. of the things with that. So naturally transitioning into this isn't going to happen to my son. I'm not going to put that on him type of thing. So I would say subconsciously, that's probably where it started. Five or six, just realizing, hey, he's not coming Friday to pick me up. He's not coming anymore. And there's a lot that goes into that. You know? Yeah. But, but let's dig into this for just a moment here, because a lot of people have an intention, right? I was truly a victim to my dad stepping out. There's a whole lot of pain and feelings around that. I'm never going to do this to somebody else. But what I saw in the habits and the life that was painted for me, sometimes I think we're 25, 30, 35, 40. And we remember being five years old going, I never want to do this to somebody else yet. We're doing that exact same thing to somebody else. So intentions and behavior don't always line up. So how have you gone? Okay, I had the intention that I wanted to be in here. And not only that, but like at 24, I'm choosing to also have the behavior lineup. Be honest, the behavior part took a while, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm still learning how to be mm -hmm. a dad I at like 42. That. Let's be honest, like it's work. You're always trying to break barriers down individually, yeah. also yeah. to transmit that into fatherhood, to transmit the confidence into your kids. So to be honest, I'm still working on it. But as far as intentions and behavior, honestly, in my mind, I had no choice. There was no alternative mm -hmm. choice for me. I don't really have a magic thing that happened. And I just knew this is my baby boy and I will die for him like instantly. And I went through a lot of stuff, too. I would fight for him. I will do anything. I will completely fillet my soul open for this child. And now the only explanation I really have is if I just rewind and think about some things that were planted in my life growing up, maybe yeah. five years old for the little memories and things yeah. like that, maybe. But there's nothing really nothing I can really pinpoint, man. I think it had just been a slow simmer of cultivation. I don't know where I turned the switch on. Like I said, five and six is when I can really remember when pain hit me with that, right? So in this life we live, when we have a mom and a dad or these things we talk about, that kind of pain, it doesn't, when it hits you, you remember that, right? Yeah. And so I think as I go and I try to elevate into my childhood and adolescence and high school years and stuff, I think there's just always that thing right there. You might try to suppress it, but once it was time for me to step up and be a dad, I I think I've always stayed very spiritually connected. So mm. I think there was an element to that maybe where I was not going to fail. I wasn't going to fail him. This is the right thing to do. To be honest, I can't even think of 0.001% thought of not becoming the best dad I could for this child. Yeah. And have I been perfect? Absolutely not. But I'm 100% all in.
Yeah. And I think there's a really great distinction to be made there. We're not looking to be perfect dads, even like best dad, good dad, great dad. If you're continuing to learn and then admit that I make failures, then I'm learning from those failures. And what else is life about? Let me ask this. How's your relationship with Aiden now? It can improve a little bit. And right. So this. I mean, it's an interesting age. He's 20. (laughs) But see, your answer there even is great. But you're still working and pursuing that. Absolutely, man. Actually, I just texted him before we popped on because he's a gym goer. He's okay. 20 years old and he can lift more than me. And I got to catch up to him. So I was like, hey, man, can you want to go to the gym, his gym or my gym? And our relationship is good. I think with the circumstances that played out, I think I outsourced a lot of the mom role to my mom. And so therefore, they're extremely close, right? Which is mm-hmm. a blessing. It's yeah, great. It's great. Yeah. And he spends some time at my mom's and he also spends time here with us as well. And he's trying to find his way at 20. And it's a big reason on why I do what I do every day is for him, my other three children, my wife, and eventually the world, all these men around me. And I'll get back to some of my questions. But when you say why I do what I do every day, what is it that you do every day? I suffer intentionally. I carry my cross so I don't have to put the burdens on my wife and kids. And what does that look like practically? So if you were to write down uh, two or three things that you do daily, like what are those practices? Get up early and do my personal development, try to Mm -hmm. offload anything into journaling, right? Mm -hmm. Offload my mindset into journaling, go work on my physical body and also hit my macros, watch what I'm putting into my mouth, how I'm nourishing my body, how I'm disciplining myself as a man. Yep. So I can actually be able to receive. That's one of the big things I've learned this year is the more I'm able to sit in discomfort, the more I'm able to intentionally chase down intentional suffering and find these new layers and also find the new balls in the pits and actually Mm. being able to come out through that process. I'm able to somehow offload something going on spiritually that opens a pocket up where I'm able to receive is the way that I feel. Like, I'll just get downloads. If you look at my Instagram, I got quotes. I didn't write. I I don't remember writing some of those. I'm just, I'm receiving things. And then I'm trying to transmit things into my wife and my kids to try to instill them with confidence, empowerment, and try to uplift everybody. Uh, I love it. Something that my friend Seth, who I'm doing some fitness, nutrition, something that he said that really resonated resonated with me is you mentioned some downloads or you feel like you're receiving. I think right out the gate, no matter what somebody believes, like you and I were both given a body. Very obvious. We were given a body and we were given choices of what to do with our body. And if I can't be trusted with my own body, meaning am I a good steward of it? Am I taking care of this thing? Why would anybody give you any additional resources? And the example I like to use is if my kid wants a new bike and the bike he has today, he's leaving in the street. He's not taking care of it. He's leaving in the rain. Why am I ever going to get him a new bike? Why am I going to give him anything new if he can't take care of what he has? So I think the same thing is true about your and my bodies. Like we were given this as a gift. Let's steward it well. And if we take good care of it, then we have shown to be responsible men that can carry additional resources. And that's when additional resources will show up, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think realizing what this actually means to us too. What does this body mean? What is the purpose of it? Where did it come from? What mm-hmm. is the finding the journey to find the purpose as a father or a man is will help you guide into those decisions, I believe. Yeah. With that being said about the father, what would you say the role of the father is? Oh man. I would say to me, I try to be a little bit of everything, but the protector, the provider, the security, the transmitter, if that makes any sense. The transmitter what I 
was saying earlier, trying to open up some spiritual stuff to be able to like instill things into my kids. And that and there's a whole lot that goes into trying to get that, but just trying to be a better human being through God or whatever somebody might believe in to actually be able to instill into my wife and kids, make them feel confident, empowered, and eventually break generational curses, break the chain, break the cycle. That's the way I look at it. There's so many roles to a dad, in my opinion. Yeah, something you wrote down in the Google form that I'd love for you to expand upon is you wrote course correcting, not just himself, but his family. So what does it take to course correct? What does that mean, course correct for yourself and or course correct for your family? It starts with awareness and clarity for me. Awareness and clarity of what? We could say trials and tribulations of life, pitfalls, okay. negative energy exchanges, things that aren't going to serve you or your purpose. Now we have to find the purpose. What is the purpose? What are the value systems individually? What are the value systems for my family? In order for me to have the awareness and clarity to be able to go to the front and have confidence into leading my family, like into their highest versions with me, I would say I've got to do hard stuff, man. As a dad, as a man, we go and hunt and gather and then we come back and we have to have an open heart. That's the tricky part in my world and in the disciplines and stuff. I don't know if I answered your question at all. No, it's good. So then course correction. So you talk about course correction. That means that you believe that your family is like heading somewhere. So if you're heading a certain direction, how often are you pausing or leaning into going, hey, where are we headed? Is this working for us? And then course correcting. I believe it starts with the holy union of me and my wife. It starts there in the marriage, but she has got her individual self. I've got my individual self. And we have to actually be able to merge that together and have those communications and those hard talks sometimes and actually be on the same page, the same mission. Because it's not just about cavemen. Like, I like to do stuff like that, but that's the hard part. Going out, being a man, and then being able to come home, though, and then actually communicating with my wife to be able to make sure that our kids are safe. What are our goals this year? Where do we want to go in five years? What do we see for our future? We're not just existing. Mm -hmm. We're not just here to have picnics and dinner time, if possible, and high five each other when we come home from work. It is more than that. It is way more than that. It is something that you guys have to come together on as a king and a queen to build that kingdom together. And how often are you coming together to have those conversations? Not as much as we need to. It's chaos right here now, bro. <laughs> it is a circus. Our three and our five-year-old, man, they just pretty much run around right now. So it's really hard. We yeah. try to do weekly. We've been trying to do the Sunday weekly family councils. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it turns into a straight shit show. And sometimes we're able to just open up some ideas there and get things in line. But man, like I said, it's a work in progress, though. Fathers, quick interruption here. Do you struggle with the sense that you are not stepping into the fullness of your role as a father? Do you regularly wrestle with feeling inadequate as a father? I would love to connect and encourage you over a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call. You can grab a time with me at www.rebelandcreate.com forward slash connect. Take a few minutes to talk life, fatherhood, and I will share several resources that will support you on your adventure of fatherhood. Now, back to the conversation.
And I think that's the beautiful thing about it and the honesty in that is if I say I'm doing a family meeting once a month or I call it like kingdom mastermind with my wife every two weeks, if we get it once a month and if we are just having a little bit of conversation, even if it's in the chaos or the messiness of life, which is reality, you're still staying true to it, right? Like you're not just giving up and just turning the TV on and walking away from our responsibilities. And so I think knowing that it is hard, knowing that the kids are rolling their eyes, knowing that you are tired, knowing you just keep fighting for that family council, the family meeting, the family connection. And I think if I look over, sometimes I'm too hard on myself for the day or the week. But if I look back over the last couple of years, I'm like, dang, we made a ton of progress. But the days don't always feel that way. You got to be able to zoom out too. Zoom in, focus, and then you've got to zoom out. And a lot of times we need our queen to correct us sometimes, right? Be a good listener, actually. Listen to what they have to say. As men, I think a lot of time we're hard chargers. We feel some sort of responsibility and we like to go hard. And sometimes we don't even realize what we're doing. We might know we're doing the right thing, but then we got to come home and be able to transition into the role of shut it off and listen to what she's got to say. Yeah, what does it mean to listen? What does that mean? It means to set my ego to the side, Mm. any stressors, right? Like a lot of pride and ego, just setting my pride and my ego to the side. And if I don't agree or I might have a different frame of mind right now, you've got to be open. And that's what I was talking about earlier is the ability to receive. It's not just quotes and downloads that I'll put on Instagram. It's the ability to actually open my heart up so I can actually connect it to my wife's. Mm. And that's where the magic really happens. So I've got a word for it. It's called when I'm not opening up and I'm not doing doing the things I'm supposed to do. And I'm harboring resentments Mm. and I've got this negative energy. What that does is it just, I call it a force field of fuckery around Mm -hmm. my heart. And I constantly (laughs) have to chip that thing away. And once you do, and you can be speak truth and be honest about what's going on and actually conversations with your wife, the next thing you know, it's like she can feel that energy. She's safe now. And so you guys can have an actual container to have conversations and then get aligned with one goal as a king and a queen. Something you said just gave me chills because I think that we hear the word speak truth a lot. But the way that you said it and what I'm reading is the context was not, hey, I really need to speak truth to my wife and basically tell her where she needs to be fixed and stop acting like an idiot and not care how she feels about me telling her. That's not what you meant. What you meant was I need to speak truth about what's truly going on inside my heart and my soul and my mind. Where are the hidden things? Where are the dark things? And if I can be vulnerable, open and honest, then you said, then the container has been opened for hopefully her to want to do the same thing. And then the pure, authentic to unique human beings are able to unify. Absolutely. Dude, the freaking speak truth that we hear everywhere is bullshit. And it's a thing to hide behind why we're being judgmental and being judges to others versus looking inward. The whole you want to take the log out of your brother's eye before you look at the speck in your own. And if I can look at the speck in my own and be open and honest about that speck, then my brother or my wife or whoever will over time be willing to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I found out with this exercise is you have to 100 times yourself, right? So what I mean by that is the non-negotiable things in the morning, the personal development, Mm -hmm. the sitting the ego and the pride to the side and constantly being the warrior that's taking negative energy and having that common goal in mind. You have to 100 times yourself come back to the home and then you have a small opening window to have that happen. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I look at it. Maybe I'm a little bit of a hard charger, how we do a superhuman 
fathers. We go, there's no limitations here. Like mm. we're trying to elevate everyone around us. We do the most, we need the least, but we do the most for the people around us. It has nothing to do with it. It's absolutely selfless. And that's what I represent, but I'm also representing my kingdom to come, my wife, my kids, my legacy through that. That's it, man. That's it. hundred times yourself and go out and do hard stuff. But sometimes the hard stuff isn't necessarily tangible on what we think it is. Sometimes the hard things aren't something you're actually pushing. It's like the shit that you got to avoid. It's like mm -hmm. the stuff that you actually got to set to the side. It's mm -hmm. not time for an ego or pride thing. Mm -hmm. It's time to shut up and listen to your wife. Be open. And yeah. so a lot of times as men, we can be hard-headed, prideful, just ask yeah, our wives, yeah. right? We got to work hard to open that space up sometimes. But when we can, we can sharpen the sword to have the soft heart, put it there on the altar with our wife. Possibilities are endless, brother. Possibilities are endless. I love that our capacity for love is, we don't understand, it's limitless. There's a lot of capacity in other areas of our life. Like I only have 24 hours today, which I could really maximize, but there's no capacity to my love. It's this, it continues to expand. I love that. As you think about the different stages of fatherhood you've gone through, what's something that you've learned about yourself through the process of being a father? Obvious is I'm not a perfect father. That would be the obvious one. But I would say that I've got a lot of work to do. There is a tremendous responsibility, but to actually pinpoint your question, besides that I hold the utmost responsibility to be a father, man, I don't know how to answer that right now, to be honest with you, because I'm so hyper-focused right now on continuing to do that as we speak right now. So I'd have to think about that for a minute. Yeah, it sounds like you've learned that there's no end and that it's a continuous learning. So a question I heard asked elsewhere that I'll ask you because of your answer is what's something you've changed your mind on as in being a father. So is there anything that comes to mind? You've been a father for 20 years, and I think we might get set in our ways sometimes as dads. Oh, it's this way. This is how it is. Is there anything you can think back to go, man, I used to be really hard headed about this thing and I no longer am? Yeah, I would say one of the things, especially with my oldest son, is that trying to live too much vicariously through him, like he's in a direction okay. of me. Okay. So being too hard on them, when that child is an individual human being, even mm -hmm. though he is part of me, trying to actually realize and give that time to figure out what that is. This child needs positive affirmations, even though I might want to be hard on this individual, his mm -hmm. dad, this child needs positive affirmations. So trying to really be open to his individualism, even though he is my child, or yeah. we have a daughter or a son just trying to actually be open to the idea, hey, they don't have to be exactly like you. They don't have the same, they might have some pre-genetically disposed things about them, but they aren't necessarily, their operating system might be a little different and you need to take some time to make sure how to cultivate within that with them too is very important. What an incredible opportunity for dads to be a part of helping another human, one that's half of you, cultivate things that are true about them. So that's one point I heard that was super incredible. And then another is the point where you untie yourself from your own ego or your own disappointments in yourself to feel like your kid has to be great because you're trying to make yourself great. I love how you said that you want to be hard on yourself. And dude, I'm raising my hand right now, guilty. I'm really hard on myself and I have four daughters and a son, I find that I'm actually pretty hard on my son. And I think it's because I'm hard on myself, but I don't need to be hard on him in the same way I am on myself. 
Yeah, and that takes practice too, because to forgive ourselves is some of the hardest things we have to do. The definition of forgiveness even says itself that even if they don't deserve it, a lot of times we like to beat ourselves up. We don't mm. deserve this. So we need to whip ourselves and try to course correct us in a hard, manly way that society has imposed. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to be open, depress it, be a man, stern. And a lot of times you've got to figure out how to get that stuff. You got to try to unlearn some of those things and be able to actually get there. Don't project, reflect a little bit instead of just projecting right away. Yeah. If my son's frustrating me as an example, what is it that's frustrating me about what he's doing? And is it actually just something that's frustrating me about myself? I actually had that happen recently and it was a learning for me. I'd been getting really frustrated. He's leaving the house to go surf or go skate and he didn't finish his chores. And granted, that's part of my responsibility is to teach him that. But the thing that I was realizing is I'm so tied to my tasks and my chore list, if you will, that I'm not allowing myself to have that 14 year old free mind to be like, I just I want to go surf right now. So I could literally work from 5am until 10pm and miss out on life because I'm so tied to doing quote unquote, the right thing right now. So I was realizing I was a little envious of the freedom that he had and just realized I needed it for myself. I needed to carve out some margin for that. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. That's a tough one sometimes, man. We like to impose our will upon our kids, like I said earlier, right? Mm. It's not deserved sometimes. For instance, I was doing homework with my 10-year-old the other day, and it was math division, the long division. And I find myself have to be real patient with homework because as we get in this age of where we have had lessons ourselves or wisdom, and we want to instill these things, sometimes we forget that we need to be in the present moment a little bit. And what happened was he was doing his division, and I explained exactly, I'm like, hey, this is what do you do one little thing at a time? You do this stuff here, then here. That's all you worry about. And then when you get done, problem's done. And we would go to another problem and he would just get all discombobulated and I'd get upset because I was, in my mind, this was a real life moment. Son, you need to understand that this is just like life. Like these are the blueprints. And if you just focus on the closest target mm -hmm. sometimes, the closest target, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Don't worry about the last problem. Be in the present moment right now. Like right now, but I'm a hard charger right now. So I'm just trying to instill this in him. And I was like, I'm trying to teach life lessons right now to my 10 year old. I'm just trying to get to number 10, like yeah. on this math problem. Yeah, that's a hard balance. And I think that's really important as a dad to know the moment. It's not black and white. Do I press here? Do I back off here? And you as a father, like you said, you got to have your morning routine, have your ways of setting your own ego aside so that then you can be present in the moment to be like, all right, do I need to push my kid now? Do I need to give him some grace? How do I need to show up in this moment? And tonight's math might be this way and tomorrow's night's math might be different. You really got to be on your A game as a dad to lead and guide your kids. 100%, man. And it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. Oh, you know, yeah. That's, right. As soon as you that, think that you have through. it, they change ages or change grades or change friends or something changes. So check it out. This podcast is Fatherhood Field Notes and you're doing it. Just open up your life, open up your wisdom, your field notes and sharing it with us. The mantra behind it is rebel and create. And the idea with this is as men, we're warriors. We want to fight. If I go out and I rebel, if I go tear something down, I don't want to do that just to be destructive. I want to create something in it. So when you hear this, what's something you as a man are rebel? rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? I'm rebelling against the quote unquote quintessential box, right? That we all mm -hmm. talk about that we can put in the chains that society might put on us, upgrading the conditions. I'm rebelling against that your identity as a man and as a father is not directly correlated or contingent on the opinions of others, past failures, or anything else going on. That's you have an opportunity to change and course correct your path as a father, as a husband 
husband as a dad right now. It's a decision that can be made right now. And then to create that would probably be find a group, an ecosystem, cultivate the man first within another collective energy of men, superhuman fathers for me, to try to change the world. But you've got to change the man. You've got to change the mind frame, the man. You've got to be able to develop habits, follow the blueprint, cultivate within a group of tribe of men, collective energy, change habits, change your standards, learn how to be open, learn how to transmit that to another man, learn how to go back to the dark, learn how to show him how to get out of the dark, come mm-hmm. to the light. And it's just this cycle that, that can only be found, in my opinion, if you're able to be open and to be honest, there's surrounding yourself with a group of men. Don't try to lone wolf this life no, alone, man. No. Don't try to do that. And even though we say you're not alone, God's with you. And sometimes you need a path, you need a blueprint, you need somebody, you need a safe place to be able to yeah. say that or to yeah. be able to be open to receive, to be able to be strong. You can't lone wolf it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Dude, the way that you say it's really powerful, something you wrote again in the form to come on, you said that exact thing, but there was something I highlighted that I was like, dude, because you said it, right? Don't go based on like the stuff that society puts on you and stuff. And I 100% agree, but I sometimes think we hear it so much that we don't really in depth think about that or even try. Every man should have a tribe. And But this statement, you said rebelling against the idea that my identity and limitations are contingent. Check it. The limitations that others put on themselves selves. Dude, it's gold right there. Because I hear people, I don't want to go be paid to be in a group of men. I don't want to ditch friends I have now. And we hear this statement, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. But so many people are putting limitations on their lives. They're not open. They're just trying to find this arrival, this kind of stuck in their ways, which is fine. It's a safe way. It's not fine, but it is a safe way to make it through this life. But guys like you and me, guys who like see in the mirror, the truth of the identity of who we know we were made to be, we have to surround ourselves with other men who are also on that path. And Kyle, dude, is a freaking amazing example of that, that he's in the trenches with the dudes. Ryan, Chris, these dudes are in the trenches with the dudes. That's why Superhuman Fathers is such an incredible organization. But I just want to read this again, rebelling against the idea that my identity and limitations are contingent on the limitations that others put on themselves. So anything else come up for you as I reread this beautiful thing you wrote? Man, I'm ready to create it, though. I'm ready to create it right now. I'm doing it right now in Superhuman Fathers, right? I'm actually part of Superhuman Fathers. This Mm. is a movement. So when you say that, I'm like, that's cool, but I'm ready to create. I'm in a creative mind state. And the creative mindset is not just right here. It is collective energy that is within Superhuman Fathers. Matter of fact, I call it divine synergy. It can only be found in a group of men that are doing the same things. They're trying to speak their own truth. And it is an energy exchange that cannot be spoken, cannot be heard. It is like a soul to soul piercing connection that happens. And it allows men to put down their vices, drop their burdens. Those contingencies that I talk about realize that those are lies, that the truth is actually within them. And then they have a place to cultivate these ideas with other men. We share the feelings. We share the pain. We learn how to overcome the pain and we do it together. And these guys have literally helped save my life individually. And I continue to try to strive to help others as well. But not just as men, though. Ned, it's for their families. I care about the man's wife. I care about his children. It's bigger than me. It's not about me anymore. It's about something way bigger than me. Fathers, quick interruption here. Do you struggle with the sense that you are not stepping into the fullness of your role as a father? Do you regularly wrestle with feeling inadequate as a father? 
I would love to connect and encourage you over a one-on-one Zoom call. You can grab a time with me at www.rebelandcreate.com forward slash connect. Take a few minutes to talk life, fatherhood, and I will share several resources that will support you on your adventure of fatherhood. Now back to the conversation. Yeah, we talk about pain and suffering a lot. And this thought has popped in my head twice during this conversation. So I'm going to ask you, when we talk about entering the pain and suffering from what do you think that it's really that painful? Or is it really that painful? Or is it that so many of us have grown accustomed to the comforts of the American way that it's painful compared to sitting on Netflix and eating McDonald's? So tell me, is it really avoidance of pain? Or you've also said truth. So is it about discovering the truth? of who you are. I don't know. That was a blabbery way to say it. But what comes up for you as I say those couple things? Because you said the truth is in each man, but we also want to step into pain and suffering. But is it truly pain and suffering? Or is it just not going with the rest of the sheep down a path of comfort? The only way to find the truth, in my opinion, is to tap into the pain and not suppress it. Okay, so what do you mean by tap into what pain? What pain is that then? So you're not talking about just avoidance of easy foods or not working out. You're talking about something else. I was saying earlier, the ideologies, the seeds that were planted as a boy, maybe some things that were taught, some things that were learned. That's what I'm talking about. But that doesn't really, you find yourself conditioning to a standard. And so now you have to find a place that turns into pain. And this might just be me being self-talking and doing self-talk. But I think every man or father can relate. They started out as a boy that had dreams. We all at one point were an eight, nine, 10 year old boy that had dreams. Where did those dreams go? Who told you're not allowed to dream anymore? Who told you that? And also who told you that you had to choose that it is either this or because of the color of your skin or because you live in this town and this is what we do here. Who said that? Who made those rules? You make the decision that you can change all that. What I'm saying is that becomes painful for some men though because they start getting so used to that standard being normal and it drops. And it's on a macro scale too with the world. Hey, this is our new normal now. Are we really doing this? This is the new thing? Just look around. And I'm not going to get into the whole political thing, but if you look on the news now, would you even be talking about this 25, 30 years ago? No, this is the right. new thing. Now. We do that within our own selves too. We can just let that stuff come and we forget who we're supposed to be. What is our purpose, right? So when we talk about purpose and standards, let's just use those two as, as an example. Sometimes I think men get stuck there because they are looking for my purpose is different than your purpose or my standards should be different than your standards. But do you think that your standards and my standards, two different men on two different parts of the country, are our standards and purpose really that different? Or once we pursue standards that maybe we were created for, are they pretty similar? What do you think? I would say so. But I don't think when you isolate and try to do the lone wolf thing, I think you don't realize that. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Because I think so many of us are looking for our purpose in our career or hobby or whatever. But I realized in 2015 that my primary purpose is fatherhood, which doesn't just mean my kids. It means my wife. It means my community. It's like this posture towards life. And sure, there might be some other callings that come along. You're doing stuff with superhuman fathers. I might be doing something with teaching men something about X, Y, or Z. But any other thoughts you have about purpose and calling and standards. 
Yeah, you said something a while ago. I wish I could go back and, and try to extract what you said, but it hit me because it ties into everything I keep saying is the purpose is you said my career, my community, oh, and yeah. stuff like that. And we get so fixated on whether it's the school system, whether it's an upbringing, go to college, do this, do that. We get so fixated on, hey, here's the five choices. Pick one. There you go. Oh, and if uh. you can get this and this, there you go. And instead of actually trying to figure out I am my hobby. I uh, am my community. So that's, good. that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do with my kids. I'm trying to like actually figure out how can I empower them? How can I empower this beautiful little daughter I have to be <laughs> a wonderful queen and these boys and mm. like how to all this other stuff. Of course, I'm going to make sure that they don't fail and do everything I can. But at the same time, I'm not going to impose. I'm going to let them have the space and let them develop their own containers to be able to cultivate their own ideas and their own identity and I'm going to let them fail and I'm going to be right there because guess what? Dad has been doing some savage shit and he's yeah. not going to let you fail, right? Yeah. So now dad's here and he's going to be there and he's going to let you cultivate your own identity and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be able to watch my legacy grow and I'm going to be able to help hundreds of thousands, millions of other men to fathers grow their families in the same aspect. That is what I would like to create, right? I'm doing it with Kyle. I'm doing it with Ryan here, superhuman fathers right yeah. now. Yeah, you know? it's sick. Um, it's beautiful. So, you talked about identity. You talked about giving your kids space to cultivate their identity. The whole reason I started Fatherhood Field Notes and Adventure of Fatherhood is really this idea that there's so many men walking around uncertain of their identity. They just don't know who they are. They don't realize the power, the truth that's inside of them. When I talk about, when I mention that to you, uncertainty of identity, I know we've talked about find a tribe, enter the pain and suffering. What would you say to some dudes who are listening to this who are really struggling? struggling with who am I? What would you say to them to call them into who they are? I was exactly like that a year ago. And it took me to find another group of men to share with mm -hmm. to do that. That would be honestly what I would tell them. And the only place I know that's going to do that is superhuman fathers. That's it. That's what. So let me ask this. You're at this a year ago, and I'm going to make this up. You tell me if there's some different. You're at this point, you just feel stale. You feel lack of content, lack of fulfillment. There's a path of I'm going to off myself. I'm not saying that this was you, but I'm going to off myself. There's a path of I'm going to just numb myself with this. And there's this, I'm going to be the quote unquote, good dad and show up to everything. But really, I'm of zero value. And then there's this other path that's be super vulnerable, go find a group, go feel like, okay, I got to tell the world I'm a piece of shit, because I see it now. So you have these four, maybe more paths. What's the thing that makes you take the step to that like vulnerable, I'm going to go find a tribe? What was that piece? Honestly, I can only speak for myself, but the way I put it is it was the same feeling that I had at five years old when I always speak of this boogeyman that started following me around. But it was the same time frame that I felt an emptiness and a void of being having a father that was absent in my life as a vulnerable five year old boy. It's the same finger that was tapping on my forehead at that age that was tapping on my forehead at 41, not wanting to continue with life much anymore. That's all. That's the only way I know to put it, like for me personally. But then how did you go take the action that's brought you to the man I'm looking at today? 
Honestly, it was a series of events that led me there. But mm -hmm. honestly, I seen a guy that was similar, that had kids, that had this busy life. Mm -hmm. He had this busy life. He was a fireman. He's a blue collar this. He's a W2. He's got a farm. But he's also got, you're telling me that there's another place to go? And this kind mm -hmm. of ties into what I'm talking about. Nobody told me there's a place to go. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to do what the good boys do and the yeah, W2 yeah, yeah, yeah. and the college, yeah. right? that thing. And I knew I want to go. Honestly, I wanted to go go be amongst other dads that were trying to be better dads. Yeah. Because being a dad and a father is the most important role for me. So that's my personal. Yeah, uh, I love it, man. And, I, and I'm constantly looking for that piece. It's like you pick up the phone and you make a call. And I just want to encourage dads like there are groups out there. There are superhuman fathers. There's other things out there that might speak to you. But just pick up the phone. Go put yourself out there. Go find some dudes who are on a journey and go try something. And it might not work. So then go try something else. But allow yourself the freedom. And I love how you said it, BJ. Make yourself the hobby. Go do new things. Go learn. Stop living a stale life. Get to know yourself and it'll give you the freedom to then go get to know your kids and get to know your wife. Dude, what a beautiful life to pursue that. And I'll say this on that note, like you can't really change the hands of time. You can't go yeah. back to being eight years old and be that nine-year-old boy that was dreaming again, but you sure can open containers that allow you to do it at 42. And then you can dream with your kid that's eight years old. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing whenever you can take the wisdom and the knowledge and the sacrifices and the lessons, and you can learn how to apply it. And now you can dream again with your kids. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. And then there's no limitations anymore. Dude, dream again. It's funny because I just had another podcast I think I put up in the last two or three weeks where the idea of like dream again, don't stop dreaming. And so I just think this thing for men is coming alive right now. I do believe there's like a movement of men in multiple places around right now. This is dream again, the step into who you are. With that in mind, let me ask you my final question. Imagine 50 years from now, you are standing in a cul-de-sac and you peer into your children's homes. What is it that you see being played out in those homes? Well, let's make it 30 years, right? 30 years, they probably still have kids at home. What is it that you see being played out in those homes that puts a big smile on your face going, I did the work, I showed up, I never stopped learning? The same divine synergy I was speaking of earlier. And when you see love, when you see it happening, when you actually can see the souls, not just the hands and the body setting things on the table, you can actually see the souls moving in as one collective energy in that window at a dinner table, but all working together because that was a legacy that started with a man that was hurting and a man that was able to have his hero's journey. Mm. And he did that intentional pain and sacrifice. And then he was able to help transmit that. And he looks in the window and he he sees a new legacy, broken chains, broken generational curses, just absolute love and souls just mm. moving around, just spontaneously combusting, full of divine synergy. Dude, well said, BJ. Man, my friend, this has been such a powerful time to connect with you, to get to know you, know your story, know your heart, just the power, the energy that's coming from you. I know that I'm feeling it and I know the dudes listening to it are. Keep on your path. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to call you a brother and a friend and just keep loving your kids and your wife than just inspiring the world around, dude. Likewise, bro. Thank you so much for letting me come on and just oh, talk man. to you, throw it out a little bit, speak some fatherhood. This so is great, good. Man. This so is great. good. All right, dude, until next time. Yes, see you then. 
What another incredible conversation. I just learned so much from these and I hope that you do too. A couple of things that really stuck out to me are the standards you're living by. Did you set those up or are you just operating on some standards someone else set? The whole concept of speak truth. What's the truth that you're speaking? Is it your truth as in not your judgments on everyone around you, but your truth as in you're being honest about who you are and where you're at and what's going on with you? And then I really like the idea of being hard on yourself. Are you being hard on your kids in a way that's not helpful? Are you needing to be hard on yourself? Are you not? And then how is that reflecting into your kids? And I think the way he said it is, are you projecting the work you need to be doing on yourself? Are you projecting that on your kiddos? Hey, my friends, if this podcast is helping you, if you find value in it, please write a review, put a ton of work in this because fatherhood is critical for our world. And when you write a review, it helps spread the word that fatherhood is a big deal. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.